Welcome to the Energy Transition Podcast. I'm Ronan Kavanagh, Deputy Editor of VI New Energy, and I'm delighted to be joined today by our Research and Advisory Director, TJ Conway, who's going to share with us some insights from our recently released Low Carbon Investment Tracker. Now, TJ, can you briefly explain first what's done in this analysis and, and why it's relevant? Sure. Thanks, Ronan, for having me. Um, our, our, so our low carbon investment tracker covers 25 top oil and gas companies, uh, and it contains over 300 announced acquisitions and investments that total more than $40 billion uh, since 2015. And we've been looking at, you know, when we talk about low carbon investments, we're looking at five core areas. Uh, the first is low carbon power generation. The second is a, the broader set of electricity solutions. Third, e-mobility. Uh, then we have supply of low carbon liquid slash gas. And, and finally, negative emission solutions. Uh, and accompanying this, the, the, the data are company reports. And through them, we seek to provide valuable data-driven insight into how and where companies are directing their spending on low carbon technologies. And I think this is especially important at a time when there's growing need to understand what lies behind companies' stated energy transition strategies. So we see this as, a, as, a, as, an, as an important piece of our overall analysis on the energy transition. So what was the big headline trend you identified in, in this particular piece of analysis? Sure. You know, we had, I think going into it, we had a lot of questions about what, what 2020 would bring. And, uh, and you know, the title of the quarterly report says it all. It's sustained spending surge. And what we've seen is that the world's top oil and gas companies have, con have continued robust investment in low carbon areas this year. We've seen activity rise dramatically since 2015 and then a step change in announced investments by values starting in 2018. Uh, annual announced investments jumped uh, in, in 2018 from below $5 billion uh, per year to well over $10 billion per year. And we're, we're on pace for that trend to continue this year. Now, you say a sustained stir surge, but won't this be derailed now by COVID? Yeah, the, the trend in investment really shows no sign of slowing despite the pandemic. It's a great question. Um, even even We've seen even as companies uh, overall uh, capex, CapEx budgets have been slashed, that the announced low carbon investments remain quite strong so far this year. Um, and it's particularly propelled by uh, it, it inv investments in, in, in the electricity sector and power generation. And, and we, we see this as a sign of, of shifting priorities, chiefly among European companies. Now, speaking of the European companies, I mean, it's no surprise, you know, they come top of the list. They've embraced the most aggressive solutions. Isn't that the case? Yes. Yes, of course. And um, of, of, the, of the 25 major companies that we cover, uh, national oil companies in, in, in independence uh, track the, the, Europe, the European majors plus Equinor have accounted for nearly 90% of, of the, the 300 plus uh, announced investments since, since 2015. So they account for the lion's share by far. Um, Equinor leads by value of announced investments. Uh, this has really been led by that by a burst in offshore wind projects in, in 2018 and 2019, which was really the product of a lot of work over the past, the prior several years. Uh, Shell and Total lead in, in total number of investments. So if we're just counting inv investments by number. Um, and then we have companies like Repsol, BP and Eni. Um, and they've, they've invested less, but they often in, invest in sort of a diverse set of, of solutions, often early stage technologies. And now their critical uh, challenge is going to be to scale those up to meet their growing ambitions. 
But what about the non-Europeans? I mean, are they also beginning to scale up low-carbon investments? Yeah. What, what's, what's striking is which companies fill out the, the top 10 in announced investments by value. Uh, so, you know, after these the European players I, I was just discussing, we have QP, uh, Qatar Petroleum, uh, Occidental, BHP, and Ecopetrol. Um, not, not only do these NOCs and independents generally uh, intend to remain committed uh, investors to oil and gas, but they also surpass the U.S. super majors in total announced investments by value, which, which is striking. Now, looking at the U.S. majors, I mean, we often talk about a growing transatlantic divide. What are you seeing there? Sure. Yeah. And uh, U.S. majors and and uh, particularly Chevron and, and ExxonMobil are taking vastly different approaches to low carbon investments r- relative to their European peers. Uh, for example, renewable power generation has scant appeal for them. Uh, instead, the U.S. majors are concentrating on areas that shore up their existing business models. This can include biofuels, uh, negative emissions and, and e-mobility. Uh, the, the, the duo are, are, in, are also investing on a wholly different scale and time horizon than their peers. They, they prefer smaller bets that may pay off long term over those transformative, uh, often M&A deals or, or near term CapEx investments that we see driving the, the activity among European majors. Uh, Chevron is, is active through its venture capital arm, whereas Exxon favors uh, R&D uh, spending often in partnership with, uh, with universities. Now, looking at these different technologies, I mean, you said electricity accounts for the lion's share, but what does this actually tell us? Yes, it, it does. And so the, if we just look at the top 20 projects in our tracker for the 2015 to 2020 period, uh, they make up about two thirds of, of all announced investments by value. Um, and of those top 20 projects, offshore wind accounts for two thirds of those. Uh, so with, with power generation contributing another 20%. So we have this, this really does truly make up the lion's share. And this, this suggests that the most active players to date, uh, again, European majors, are pursuing the more transformational energy transition strategies, moving more and more into power. Uh, the, the, the offshore wind uh, you know, technology and, and play is, is, is uh, particularly attractive to oil and gas firms because they can invest now in largely proven technology. Uh, they can invest at scale, so quickly boosting their low carbon spending. And then offshore wind is also a good strategic fit because companies can leverage the experience, relationships and skills that they've gained developing offshore oil and gas projects. So for various reasons, offshore wind is, has been sort of central to, to the, the, the trends that I've been talking about. Now, what about non-power investments? What did you find there? Sure. So if we were to, if we were to only look at the non-power investments, the top 20, uh, they comprise just 18% of total investments in, in, the, in the tracker. Um, but, but, you know, they do show a more diverse set of priorities kind of b- if, uh, below this, the, the, you know, sort of this, you know, significant uh, contribution uh, to, to uh, by, by, by power generation assets. So if we're looking at electricity solutions investments, uh, these include battery technology, demand management, uh, EV charging and other grid, grid services. They make the, make up the largest share of these non non power generation investments at at forty six percent of the top twenty, 
Um, this again underscores the importance of the electricity sector as a whole for European major strategies. And you also look at the spending on negative emission solutions, and these will arguably be very critical, you know, as oil and gas companies are getting compatible with the Paris Agreement. Well, what are the trends you've seen there? Sure. So when we're thinking about negative emission solutions, we're talking about carbon capture, utilization and storage, uh, nature-based solutions like reforestation and direct air capture. It's, it's these complementary technologies that overwhelmingly dominate the low carbon spending budgets of, of companies like QP, Oxy, BHP, and others. Uh, they, the, these investments also feature prominently in, in, in Exxon's low carbon portfolio as well. But the, the U.S. super majors um, announced spending since, since 2015 is just one third of Oxy's. And, and as I was mentioning before, predominantly focused on R&D as opposed to major CapEx um, projects. Interesting. So these are not as European-focused investments then as, as renewable power. Exactly. So investors in negative emission solutions are, are more diverse than, than for renewable power, uh, with, with European majors holding only a 15% share, while national oil companies, which includes Equinor, uh, account for 63% of the total. Uh, QP is a leader here, uh, having completed its huge Ras Lafan CCS project in, in 2019, while Sinopec has also announced a $200 million plus uh, investment in CCS. And um, among independents, uh, Oxy is, is the biggest mover as it aims to be a leader in CCS. Now, looking to the future, what are the sorts of things we should be watching out for going forward? Yeah, across the board, investments in, in low carbon technologies and solutions are, are set to increase, uh, even if you know, company-wide ca- capital spending and acquisitions may remain constrained. Um, BP and NE in particular will need to dramatically step up spending to meet their portfolio diversification targets, with power generation investments needing to ramp up to hit stated capacity goals. Um, among the independents, one key area to watch is, is whether Oxy can hold on to its ambitions to become a leader in, in CCS, uh, particularly given the financial pressures it's been under in, in, in recent years. Now, the NOCs, they're going to be very interesting to watch as well, aren't they? Yes, for sure. Arguably, the NOC space is becoming the most intriguing to follow um, with emissions ambitions and, and low carbon investments spreading across the group. So, for example, we've seen PetroChina announcing its intention to cut its, its carbon emissions to near zero by 2050. Uh, in, in this tracker, Colombia's Ecopetrol has recently accelerated renewables investments with one wind and two solar generation projects announced uh, recently. Um, we have Malaysia's Petronas, too, that wants to accelerate its, its move into renewables in response to the current market downturn and, and may soon announce its own mid-century net zero emissions targets. And, and then QP seems to be keen to, to have its massive LNG holdings stand apart, um, not only because of, of its scale, but also its low carbon, low carbon credentials. The, the company um, has plans to more than double the size of its existing 2.1 million ton per year carbon sequestration program by 2025 um, as its LNG expansion uh, kicks off and gains steam. Interesting. Now, as you said, the the low carbon investment tracker is part of our wider energy transition service. But can you tell us what have you been focusing on there and what we can what can we look out for next? Sure. Our our, our corporate analysis uh, also includes our vulnerability index of firms resilience to energy transition risk 
and our ESG climate risk benchmark. Uh, so they provide an, sort of an integrated whole to, to help us really understand uh, corporate analysis overall. And, and on these two other these two other benchmarks, we will publish our semi-annual updates of both uh, in the fourth quarter of this year. So that's something to look out for. Um, and you know, this the, the corporate analysis is just one component of our energy transition research. We also publish country reports focused on major oil and gas producers and their national oil companies, as well as market analysis, for example. And you know, we we offer various advisory solutions, um, including corporate benchmarking and strategic analysis. Um, I, I uh, just also want to highlight that, you know, in October, we have the Energy Intelligence Forum coming up, which takes place online this year due to the ongoing disruption of, of coronavirus. Uh, and this year's theme is the big energy reset, COVID climate consequences, where, among other things, we will be examining the unprecedented impact of the global pandemic on the energy industry and the continued search for new energy solutions. I know you and I are both uh, looking forward to hosting uh, panel discussions with, with industry leaders on these topics. Indeed, and I hope you'll come back and share some more insights and tell us about it at, at the time. Thank you, TJ. Thank you, Ronan. So that just leaves it for me to say goodbye now to all our listeners, and we hope you'll join us again for our next Energy Transition podcast. Thanks for listening to the Energy Intelligence Podcast. Please check back with us soon for our latest content, which you can find at energyintel.com.